This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you're watching for the first time. Every week we have those who will call and say, this is the first time I've seen Getting to Know Your Bible. We appreciate that. Now today on our telecast, we're going to uh, use a phrase from uh, something our Lord said in the book of Matthew. We want to discuss today this subject, first cleanse the inside. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course on getting to know your Bible. We'd like for you to avail yourself of the opportunity today to receive the course. I repeat, it is free. In order that you not, might know more about the course and how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214 In the 23rd chapter of Matthew Jesus has some things to say to the Pharisees they were the strictest uh, sect of the Jews in his day and, and Jesus says some things to them that uh, were quite hard. For example, in the 23rd chapter, the early part of that chapter, Jesus said that they sit in Moses' seat, and whatever they tell you to observe, you, you need to observe it and do it. Because don't do according to their works, because they say and do not. They were telling people what to do. They wouldn't do it themselves. And then Jesus later on says, uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you shut up the hypocrites, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you yourselves, neither go in nor allow others who are entering to go in. And then he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. And so they were pretending to be so righteous. Then in verse 23, let me read down through verse 27, beginning in verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and the dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy 
and lawlessness. I want you to notice in verse 25, Jesus uses this expression, first cleanse the inside. You know, it's what's on the inside of a person that really matters. Now, these people had all of the outward appearance. Outwardly, they appeared righteous to men. But inside, there was a different matter. Oh, they were paying their tithes, verse 23, tithing their garden herbs. And I can just almost see one of those Pharisees tithing those small herb seeds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for me, one for the Lord. They're scrupulous in tithing those small herb seeds. But, but at the same time, they were neglecting weightier matters of the law. Things like justice, mercy, faith. Now Jesus said you, you should not have neglected your tithing, but you should not have left all of this other undone. And, and he accused them in verse 24 of being blind guides. They were straining out gnats and they'd swallow a camel. Maybe there'd be a gnat in their water and they'd want to strain out that net, but then uh, symbolically speaking, they'd swallow a camel. And uh, what, what will you take, two humps or one? You see, sometimes we do not put the emphasis on things that really matter. And then he says, you're like whitewashed tombs. Though on the outside, they're beautiful. They, they look so beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, those tombs are full of the bones of dead people. And he said, out on the outside, you appear to be righteous. But on the inside, it's a completely different matter. I repeat, it's what's on the inside that matters. Solomon said, keep your heart with all diligence. We're out a bit of the issues of life. It is God who knows our hearts. Man looks at the outward appearance, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. That same verse says, but God looks at the heart. And these people were only looking at the outside. God was looking on the inside. According to Acts chapter 1 and verse 24, God is the searcher of our hearts. All things are, are naked and open before the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. Cleanse the inside. First, cleanse the inside to keep it from being deceived. You see, the heart of man can be deceptive. Jeremiah chapter 17 and 9 says, The heart of man is, is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we can be deceived. We can be deceived by our self-righteous attitudes. In Luke 18, Jesus talked about two men that went up to the temple to pray. And he taught this lesson because there were those who thought themselves to be so righteous. And yet at the other hand, they despised other people. So two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, one was a publican. And the Pharisee stood and he prayed, Lord, I want you to know that uh, I, I'm thankful that I'm not like other men are, like this publican standing over here. And, and Lord, he said, I, I pay tithes of all that I possess. I, I fast twice a week. And, and he says, I'm keeping my marriage vows. I've not committed adultery. And I've wondered who was that man trying to impress? But the publican 
would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven. He smote his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And when the Lord analyzed those two men, he said, this man, that is a publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. And everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and everyone that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You see, when we have a self-righteous attitude, a holier-than-thou attitude, we have been deceived. We, need, we can have self-deception. Uh, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. M many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. But I shall profess unto them, I never knew you. Here were people who were convinced in their own minds that they were right with God. But they had not done the will of God. They were deceived in heart. We can be deceived by sin. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 warns us about the deceitful nature of sin. How sin can be so deceptive. First cleanse the inside to keep it from being deceived. First cleanse the inside to keep it from becoming prejudiced. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15, Jesus said, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and, I, I should, be, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Jesus is talking about the issue of the heart. And he's talking about why some people do not understand him and believe him. You see, most of us see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. We understand what we want to understand. And the reason we don't see some things is because we don't want to see them. The reason we don't understand some things is we don't want to understand it. The reason we don't want to hear some things is because we have our fingers stuck in our spiritual ears. But Jesus is teaching that we need to keep our hearts from being biased and prejudiced. Prejudice is a great enemy of the truth. And in order that we might keep the, the inside clean, we must be unbiased in our attitude toward truth. We need to be willing to say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And then first keep the inside clean to keep your heart from becoming a divided heart. Hosea 10 and verse 12 says their heart is divided. Some people have hearts that are divided over their allegiance to a master. Now may I say that all people have a master. All people have one. Even the atheist has a master. Even the person who rails against God has a master. Even the person who denies Jesus is the Son of God has a master. Even a person who says the Bible is a book of fairy tales has a master. They have, may have the wrong master, but they have a master. And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24. You see, we need to keep our heart clean so it will not be divided over our master. We, we, we don't want a heart that's divided over the choices that we make in life. We're creatures of choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Joshua 24, 15. We have the power of choice. We have the, the power to choose to obey God or disobey God. We have the power of choice to decide to go to heaven or not go to heaven. 
We have a choice to decide to, to live right or not live right, to tell the truth or not tell the truth. You see, we have choices to make in life. And we need to keep that heart so that we'll make the right choices. And we need to make the right choice about Jesus. And the choice is either between Christ or Satan. And you cannot remain neutral. Jesus said either you are for me or you are against me. So keep your heart. First cleanse the inside. First cleanse the inside to keep it from becoming hardened. We're warned in Hebrews the third chapter verses 7 and following about the, the, the nature of sin. And he says that we, our hearts can be, become hard as in the provocation. Our hearts can become hardened and seared. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and in verse number 1, the, the Bible reads like this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We can have our conscience seared. Our heart can become seared. Our heart can become hard. Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 3. Jeremiah talked about those who made their faces harder than a rock. Jeremiah's talking about the hardening of the heart. They made their faces harder than a rock. They made their hearts hard. In Ephesians 4.19, Paul talked about those whose hearts uh, were past feeling. They, they, they had lost their ability to feel. L listen to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 7. Today, if you'll hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, we need to first cleanse the inside that our hearts won't be hardened. And then we need to first cleanse the inside because that keeps us faithful to the Lord. In the 8th chapter of Acts, there was a man by the name of Simon who, who fell under the influence of the preaching of Philip the Evangelist. And he believed Philip concerning the things that he preached. And the Bible says in Acts 8, 13 that Simon himself also believed and he was baptized. And after he was baptized, Simon saw that it was through the laying on of the hands of apostles who came down from Jerusalem that the Holy Spirit was given. And he offered them money, and he tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit with money, and he was told, your money perish with you. You don't have partner a lot in this matter. Your heart's not right in the sight of God. I perceive you're in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And, and he was told, and, and he said, and he was told to pray that perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. And then he inquired of Peter, he said, pray ye the Lord for me, that, that none of those things you've spoken uh, come upon me. And so here is a man who came under the influence of the gospel. And, and yet after he became a Christian, his heart was not right. And, and, and he tried to buy the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit with money. And he was told, your money perish with you. Your, your, your heart is not right. Well, I'm aware that, that some say that Simon was never saved, but, but let, me, let me point this out. In Acts 8, 13, he said he believed and he was baptized. He did the same thing the people of Corinth did in Acts 18, verse 8. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, were baptized. 
He did the same thing that the people in Samaria did, Acts 8 and 12. They believed Philip preaching the things concerning the, the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. They believed and they were baptized. He did the same thing that Jesus said to do, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, I don't have a right to question His salvation. Not, not when the Bible says that he believed and he was baptized, he did the very thing that he was taught to do. And I would have to be God to, to know whether or not the man was saved or not, even after having had done that. I just know that Simon did what the Bible teaches one must do to be saved. And one thing we learn here is that your heart can be right with God. I am convinced that when he believed and he was baptized, his heart was right with God. But then he yielded to an old weakness. What was the weakness? Well, you see, before his conversion, he was a, a sorcerer. He gave himself out to be some great one. And when he saw the real deal, when he saw the real McCoy uh, through the influence of the, of the hands of the, of the apostles, he wanted to have that gift. And he was told, you don't have a right to it. And he wasn't told to repent of all of his past sins. Because when he believed and was baptized, his past sins were forgiven. He was told this, Repent therefore of, the, of, of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. What thought? The thought that you could buy the Holy Spirit with money. Here is a clear example of a person who became a Christian, yielded to a weakness, and fell into sin, and needed to be restored. And, and he was told, pray that the, the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. you. You see, he wasn't told, be baptized. He had already done that. He was told, you need now to pray that God will forgive you of your sin. He said, pray you the Lord for me, that, that none of those things which you have spoken fall upon me. That's God's second law of pardon. God's first law of pardon of the alien sinners to believe on Christ, repent of sin, confess faith, and be baptized. Simon had already complied with God's first law of pardon. And now he's told to comply with God's second law of pardon, that repent of his sins as an unfaithful child of God and ask that he be forgiven of those sins. You, you see, that, that's what's going to keep us clean on the inside. Keep that inside clean in order that we might stay away from unfaithfulness. But then we need to keep the inside clean. I said keep the heart clean. How do you go about keeping the heart clean? You know, in Psalms 51 and verse 10, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. David wanted a clean heart. David had sinned. He knew that he had sinned. He was penitent of that sin. And now he's asking God for cleansing. Well, where do we go for cleansing? How, how can our sins be cleansed of sin? Or as Jesus said, cleanse the inside. How do you cleanse the heart? Well, you're not going to cleanse the inside with human goodness. Our, our human goodness and our human righteousness is just like filthy rags in the sight of God, Isaiah 64 and verse 6. You're, you're not going to cleanse the inside with the money that you have. You may think that since you have a lot of money 
That, that some way or other, when you get to the judgment, God is going to just let you sail right on through. Let me tell you, the inside has to be cleansed God's way. You, you say, well, Brother Lambert, you don't understand. I'm an important person. You don't know the position that I have in life. But when you stand before God, the, the ground is going to be level at the, at, the, at the judgment bar of God. It will not matter if you're a president or a plumber. It's not going to matter if you're a preacher or if you're a Wall Street broker or if you are the poorest person in town, a pauper, when we stand before God at last. You see, what's going to matter is was the inside clean. And the only way the inside can be cleansed is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That there's a fountain open filled with blood that, that is drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners that are plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. You see, that inside needs to be cleansed. And it's cleansed by blood. Jesus shed His blood to wash our sins away. Listen to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. In the book of Revelation in chapter 7, in verses 13 and 14, the question is asked, Sir, what are these and which came they? And they said, Sir, thou knowest. These are they that came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so the way that the inside is cleansed, the heart of man is cleansed, is through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no question about that. I love that song that's often used in a service as an invitation song, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, Jesus said the first thing you need to do is to cleanse the inside. Maybe you're concerned about a lot of things right now in your life. Maybe you're concerned about the economy. Maybe you're concerned about gun control. Maybe you're concerned about social security. Maybe you're concerned about health care issues. Maybe you're concerned about issues that we have with nations all over the world. But let's put first things first. First cleanse the inside. The, the Pharisees of Jesus' day were not cleansing the inside. They, they, were, they were kind of like a person that would take a coffee cup and they'd wash the outside of it and they'd leave a ring on the inside of the cup. They, they're like a person that'd take a bath in the bathtub and when they got out, they'd leave a ring around the inside of the bathtub. They didn't have the inside cleansed. Jesus said you need to cleanse the inside of the cup. And that the outside may also be clean. And we need our hearts cleansed by Jesus' blood. How does that happen? Well, John in Revelation 1-5 says that our sins are washed away in His blood. Do we know how our sins are washed away in that blood? Absolutely. Let me give you a Bible example of a man who had his sins washed away. And they were washed away in the blood of the Lamb. And that man's name Saul, Saul of Tarsus. A man who had persecuted the church. And now he's been taught by a preacher by the name of Ananias. 
And as Saul relates his conversion in the 22nd chapter of Acts, he said, Now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And when we arise and are baptized and call on the authority of Jesus Christ, on the name of Christ, our sins are washed away in His precious blood. I want you to observe in that passage of Scripture that the washing away of sin comes after the act of baptism, not before. In other words, our sins are not washed away and then we're baptized. We're baptized and then they're washed away. Our Christ said, He that believeth one is baptized too, shall be saved three. I would urge you to first cleanse the inside. Now the Pharisees of Jesus' day, if you'll notice down in verse 27, he said we're like whitewashed tombs. Oh, on the outside they were so beautiful, they were sparkling white. But on the inside, there was all kinds of dead men's bones and uncleanness. See, they, they had the appearance on the outside. So I'd ask you a question. Are you whitewashed? Are you washed white? And you can be washed white in the blood of the Lamb. I plead with you. First, Cleanse the inside. Get your heart right. Would you not allow some servant of God to baptize you into Christ for the remission of your sins? Not because Brother Lambert says so, but because the Bible teaches that. The Lord will add you to His church, Acts 2.47. You can be a member of an active, growing congregation of God's people. And you can help other people come to a knowledge of what you have learned. One must do to cleanse the inside. There's not a more important issue facing the world today than that right there. I want to thank you for watching today. And before we close, please call for the Bible course. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Being at Faulkner is like being a part of a big family. I feel safe here. It seems like I know everybody, and even my professors know me by name. My faith in Christ has grown a lot since coming to Faulkner, especially working with this outstanding Bible department and seeing the general Christian lives of all the professors on campus. Faulkner University is a growing, academically strong institution where Christ is the center of everything we do. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, 
or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.